Hello, we are back with another podcast of the Sophia Project. Diana Kelly and I. Yes. Hi, Diana. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah. And today we would like to talk a little bit about the relationship between Mother Mary and Sophia, with a little bit more emphasis on Mother Mary as an expression of the broader Sophianic themes. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, Diana's relationship to Mary. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Sharing your personal that. relationship that you've experiences that you've had with her mm-hmm. that have kind of ushered you in to the, the bigger picture of a, a relationship with Sophia. Yes, for sure. Okay. So, uh, I think briefly, what I've noticed, so Mother Mary, uh, it, you know, is a just a beautiful figure, loving mother image that was not very necessarily very prominent in early Christianity. You know, she had her role being the mother of Jesus, and there's the nativity scenes that emerged gradually. But that there was a uh, more of a, a call from the from the hoi polloi, the uh, the congregations of of the Catholics and, uh, and the early Christians, who who just especially in the South, in, in the in the Spanish countries and in, in the southern South American countries, Mexico. Um, where she, uh, she has taken you know, a tremendously you know, prominent position and, and, and mm-hmm. she, as a divine feminine figure, took much more of a role, has played much more of a role. You were saying that um, uh, the parish that you grew up in in Philly. Yes, yes, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, yes. <laughs> and, and all these different parishes. Yes had different names of the different names of Sophia, the different, uh, I mean, of Mary. Some of them did, and some mm-hmm. of them were just other Sacred Heart, and but Stella Maris, for sure. Uh, many, yes, yes. Yeah. South Philly. <laughs> this is our tough lady, Diana, from South Philly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I uh, just have become aware of how at some point Mary also seemed to represent uh, the, the broader theme of Sophia mm-hmm. and, and be almost like a parochial or embodied or personal uh, expression of the archetype of Sophia. So uh, the, uh, the assumption of Mary and the coronation of Mary uh, which is a huge theme, which we've talked about, or you know, we've we've you've done a whole thing around the coronation and the ampulla yes. and Mother Mary with that. But um, the uh, the the assumption of Mary was finally recognized by the Catholic Church in 1950, mm-hmm. uh, where this sort of mortal uh, feminine figure was raised up. Into being, you know, the, you know, the queen of heaven, mm-hmm. and this has so many parallels to Sophia and the 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 the, the rescue of Sophia and the rising up, you know, uh, and, and and bringing her sort of back to her rightful place in the pleroma. So we are making note of 
that Mary has broader significance beyond just being the mother of Jesus. And what, what Diana, have you been aware of in terms of Mary in history? Mm. So um, one, of the, one of the most striking things for me was to hear that she was mentioned more in the Quran than in the Bible. Um, mm. And uh, one time I found myself at, a, um, at the Asian Art Museum in San Francisco at an exhibit uh, that was all to do with the uh, silk trade. And uh, they were talking about, uh, one of the docents was talking about how um, the, the Muslims, when they came in and took over a lot of the Christian um, churches, would destroy everything else in the church but not touch statues or paintings of Mother Mary. And I found that very significant. Um, some of that was the timing because I had just received a message uh, from Sophia saying to me that people, she was preparing me to be a voice for her because people would need her in the world in a way that they did not yet quite understand and that people all over, no matter race, culture, uh, religion, uh, needed her. And um, that, you know, like right shortly after that is when I had this experience in the museum. So it was, it was being confirmed for me in different ways how true this message was. I think that Mary clearly can, can offer a, an image of the Divine Feminine that is, is very available and, and can make it, in a sense, more accessible, make the, the, the theme, the, the energy of, of Sophia mm -hmm. sort of more accessible to people. But Diana has, uh, you know, worked with her own sort of clairaudient and her higher perceptual abilities, uh, having a connection with Mother Mary from a younger age mm -hmm. and different phases of her life that then uh, led her into a relationship with Sophia. And so we wanted to uh, just give, give you, like, like we want to hear a little bit of like what that has been for you and mm -hmm. and and you growing up Catholic mm -hmm. and having a strong relationship to Mother Mary yes yeah yeah so, so um, yes I mean that was definitely like the groundwork was laid there um, for a relationship with Mother Mary mm -hmm. in in a really you know profound way not just because of being raised Catholic but also just within my own family, um, there was a, a devotion to Mother Mary. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, but then as, you know, I, I mean, I had my normal teenage years and I kind of went off into my own belief and disbelief um, and disconnect. And uh, when I was about 28, I started to have more experiences uh, with Mary in a very profound way, um, which led to me beginning to do automatic writing where I would be able to get messages, receive messages from her. And most of the messages initially were just directly about my own life and how to, um, how, really, how, how to behave, how to proceed, how to handle challenges, things like that, yeah. 
I think you've said that your automatic writing is, is that you hear it. Yes. And then you write what you hear. Kind of like dictation, yeah. like the old dictation would be. <laughs> I, would, I was taking dictation on a steno pad from Mother Mary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you've mentioned a bit of uh, how she mentored you and, and were putting you through training. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was was uh, walking through certain things in life. For example, one of the, one, a big one was um, that I needed to move to California from New York. I was living in Brooklyn. Way to go, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it was challenging. And, mm. and I, every step of the way, I was trusting, you know, that, that it would be able to happen on all different levels. Mm. Um, and, you know, including... You know, in the 90s, finding a home out here, uh, which was in Silicon Valley, was was really hard to do. Um, so they were like it was using my own life and things that were that I needed to do, and also they were treated as initiations. And so, for example, when I moved out, when I did make the move, I was actually given a spiritual name, and that was when I was given the name Kirion. Mm -hmm. So I would, like, that was acknowledged then as an initiation. So you, you had the opportunity to learn uh, of Mary's teachings with regards to the womb chakra. Right. Yes. Um, going to the womb chakra training was where I really understood the, um, the breath of Mother Mary. Um, that she, of course, was Jesus's mother, but the role that she played, the master that she was, um, in those teachings, the the um, the master who brought those through from India actually says that Mother Mary was the greatest master that ever lived, because of uh, her ability to use ancient teachings uh, to actually influence Jesus while he was still in the womb and to help him be who he was um, and be the master that he was was able and, and hold what he was able to hold. Um, that kind of, that really opened up my understanding of Mary as a master and then allowed me to really really be able to see her fully uh, holding the Sophianic and, um, or the Sophia energy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and Diana's work with the womb chakra teachings and the, uh, the chanting mm. has been, you know, extremely uh, powerful and, 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 and rigorous from what I understand, mm -hmm. and, uh, and the work that you do with your healing, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking of like a particular knighting ceremony that you did, <laughs> you know, it was just really off the charts. Yes, yes, yes. And um, so, yeah, so we're, we're just really um, just touching on this theme of mm -hmm. Mother Mary and Sophia and in the Pista Sophia, I'm reminded, uh, or just are remembering that uh, Christ does mention about the birth 
um, and what happened to Mary prior to the birth and Gabriel, oh. mm -hmm. and then also uh, what happened with Elizabeth mm. with the birth of John. And, um, and that Mary is uh, the one who uh, brings focus to Christ's teaching of the coronation of mm. Sophia, the crowning mm. of Sophia and the light wreath. And, um, uh, and so Mother Mary, is, it's, it's, it's amazing that she's, and, and she's the one as the queen of heaven who receives the crown in these images in the medieval art, mm -hmm. Italian art. She's, you know, mm -hmm. the crowning and the, of um, the coronation of the Virgin, you know, some incredible art. That incredible music of devotion, box, you know, Magnificat, you know, it's just it's some of the great expressions of love mm. that our culture has produced, uh, at least in the Western classical tradition. And so we're just uh, kind of calling her in. Yes, yes. She's been uh, an acceptable uh, placeholder, uh, I believe, for thousands of years now, uh, 2,000 years, to, for so Sophia to come mm. back. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk more about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I think today is good. Yeah. yeah April, April 14th? 16th. April 16th. April 16th. A beautiful sunny day in Northern California. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure for us to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yes. We'll see you next time. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye-bye.